2022 NFL season, Seahawks season is here. And so, again, is the pedestrian podcast myself, Stuart Court, and Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? I am doing very, very well. Thank you. Yeah, it's finally here, Adam. Uh, palpable tension, excitement. Any of that applicable to no. you? This is a bridge season, isn't it? Um, they couldn't even make the quarterback a team captain. So, like, even Matty Saracen was a team captain in Friday Night Lights in his first game, and he was a scrub. <laughs> so it kind of just shows you, uh, look, everything they say goes against everything they're doing, um, really. So I think a little bit of uh, expectation management is perfectly acceptable at this time. Yeah. <clears throat> but the most important player on offense is a captain, no? number 44. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> um, but also, it is, it is a bit strange that, I mean, because there's two captains on defence for, like, it's weird, like, what... The captain means something different over here in our sports, doesn't it? It's like yeah, I don't really know what they do. <clears throat> no. Um, but maybe we should ask the best. That's <laughs> very true. Uh, yeah, because like, over here, like, I don't know, it's national teams, but... Um, Harry Kane, Ben Stokes are kind of like the go-tos for a lot of things, aren't they? But it doesn't seem to. It's yeah, it's just a bit of a strange, it's a strange, another strange <laughs> aspect of American sports, I guess. The whole thing is completely bonkers, isn't it? I don't, <laughs> I don't really think they get it at all. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Um, where do I go with the preview for Monday Night Football? Obviously. The Seahawks are starting at home against uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and the Denver Broncos. Um, where, where do you want to go with like previewing the game, the season? Um, I mean, in terms of the game, I think when the schedule came out, if you gave everyone some truth serum, um, I think the Seahawks hierarchy would have been much happier with it being week one than the Broncos, who were probably hoping they could come to Seattle at you know, 4 over one one twenty five on a Sunday afternoon with the Seahawks kind of one and five, two and four maybe in week seven or eight. Uh, but they're going to get a juiced up Seattle crowd, a juiced up team. Um, you know, we don't know how long Pete's words are going to carry through this season, but you can be pretty sure that he'll have everyone on board in week one. So everyone will be buying in on Seattle's side. Um, and I wonder if, well, if there was ever going to be an upset in this game, I think this might be the week that it could happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, the spread in Vegas is six and a half in favour of the Broncos, uh, which is a lot for mm. week one and a road game. But, but I think everything that everyone said, what most people have said about this Seahawks team, it kind of fits, but it is a lot. And that will, that's another thing that, she, as you said, while Pete Carroll's words maybe carry some weight in 2022, those are going to probably be some of the words he uses to rile the troops up because no one really is expecting a home win on Monday. I think, I not remember the NFL, there's only, I think it's Colleen Wolf is the only NFL network 
like media person who's picked the Seahawks, I think. On the, really? Yeah. Of like eight or nine that have done the game. That surprises me, I think, because this feels to me a little bit like, what does it feel like? A bit like Barcelona against Inter Milan in the Champions League, where Barcelona, you know, in, the, in that Mourinho year for Inter, were expected just to come in and, you know, roll, roll them over. And obviously it's slightly different defending 24 feet as opposed to defending a whole end zone. But there's part of me that wonders if, you know, if the Silks don't end up starting from behind early, can they sort of cling on and scrap it out? And, you know, I, I think star points do matter in general in the NFL. I think if you're performing well, eventually the results will come. But in this game, it's very much for me, from a Seattle point of view, they're just going to try and cling in and, and dig deep and keep 10 men behind the ball to, to keep the analogy going and hope to hit him on the break. Um, that kind of strikes me as the way in which Seattle will try and win this game. And I, I don't blame them if that is their style. No, they're, they're, they're probably going to need to flip the field multiple times, not just through Dixon or whoever the kick punt returns are on Monday, but they're going to have to get like Quandre, Jamal, Jordan Brooks, someone, Kobe Bryant, someone's going to have to get their hands on the ball Mm-hmm. one way or another out there because it kind of feels like I, I, I know there's a lot of whatever like questioning like rightly so in some ways of like the way that Pete Carroll runs the thing but he said for years it's all about the ball and Monday is kind of like the perfect embodiment of that in it because it is going to be not it's all about the ball obviously but where the Seahawks get the ball is mm. and yeah I did hear an interesting argument that if maybe this was like the Jets at home would Geno Smith have been as rubber-stamped as early as quarterback? Because it's the kind of game where you don't want the quarterback to lose it for you. I happen to think that Geno was going to win the job regardless. But it's interesting, the idea that this is much more of a game where Pete probably wants Geno to not lose it, whereas he might, in other games, want the quarterback to go and win it for him. Yeah, probably, possibly. But also maybe it's the fact that maybe Drew Lott would be one of the ones who would be too amped up in this situation. That's also true. Because he's got a lot against the team on the opposite sideline just as much as anyone else. So maybe that's kind of why that um, there seemed to be um, an advantage in um, Gino Smith's favour. But, but yeah. Drew Lott's also dog shit, which doesn't help. It, it, he is, but yeah. <laughs> That yeah, that is probably the bigger part of it. But there, is, I, I do think there is like something like just trusting that extra couple of years in the league, albeit not starting, um, may have laid in just just trying to keep the calm head, the cool head, and in the huddle. When, as you said, that like, we've been in that building on prime time. That was like mid-season mm. drink to keep yourself warm. This is going to be a whole different animal. This is going to be. It should be at the start, at, at least like banner raising energy level, shouldn't it? Well, I hope it is, and a lot of that is dependent on the Seattle crowd getting the memo. Um, the worry is that they give this guy a fucking hero's welcome, and it becomes quite sedate. And Russ doesn't really feel like obviously it's going to be amped up for the first few plays or whatever, but they need to make it rabid from the second the Broncos come out the tunnel. Yeah, like, uh, even, like, even, like two hours for the game. 100%. But there's part of me that wonders if that's not going to be the case. Um, no, it's, 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 it's going to be a unique few hours. And like, but also, at the same time, I don't... Is there going to be much weight on this game because of everything involved with it? Is there going to be much weight on, like, 
say the Seahawks lose by what nine, or the Seahawks win by nine. It, this, I don't think there's going to be much to take away for the the corresponding sixteen games this season. It kind of feels like this is kind of I can like the like the like the added preseason, not preseason game because obviously there's a lot on it. But do you know what I mean? It's like you can just put this on a completely different platform to the other 16, 17 games they are going to play this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think NFL players often say that like they don't give a shit about how they play is just winning or losing. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely get that when you're the one taking the smashes in the head a hundred times a game. But I think as fans and when analysts look at stuff, as I say, performance can be indicative of what results are going to be in the future. And to be honest, given what this year looks like it's going to be, I'd probably be more optimistic. There's very little, there's very little chance that the end of year record is going to dictate my mood on how the season's gone. Like I could see a way that a team going two and fifteen, but they've put the quarterback in a position to win five or six more games than they've lost, and they just lose on a coin flip play. That strikes me as could be more positive than winning seven games, but they just sort of scrapped around and clawed their way to a load of wins by a field goal and scoring 11, 12 points a game, but keep it, keeping it tight and messy games. Like for me, the whole season has to be, can I see if this team put a quarterback in there, we could be good. And so for me, the record isn't going to make too much of a difference to that. Yeah. And there's obviously massive, like different like ingredients to that as well, isn't there? Because obviously the depth chart, an official depth chart has released, Half an hour, hour or so ago, and there's three rookies listed as starters. Mm-hmm. Um, a new guy, a new guy to Seattle. Also, but there's two completely brand new cornerbacks. If that is official, officially unofficial. Obviously, got the two tackles in Lucas and uh, Cross. Tariq Wallen is listed as a starter, and uh, Michael Jackson is. Um, also, you're probably going to see Kobe start at nickel as well. So, like, if it, I think like one of the, the biggest ingredient of that. Alongside what you said about if you put a quarterback in 2023, this team could take whatever step they need to take from 2022. But also, if those three or four, those three rookies, plus you get Boye and Mafe getting four, five, maybe four and a half, five sacks, and you see things and you see consistent levels and applicable levels to stick a flag on these three or four rookies who are starting, look like they're going to start week one. I think that's possibly the bigger part biggest aspect of this season is watching that they've actually maybe nailed um a draft for a change yeah I mean if the tackles look good and if Maffei looks good and if Kenneth Walker looks like he might have a good few years ahead of him and the cornerbacks look okay I guess you could argue that the record will be good or better regardless but let's say for some freak occurrence you know Gino throws a pick a a fourth quarter pick in every game and they lose by three points that's fine yeah. That's totally fine. There is that it's the least the position with the least expectations on is the quarterback position. Hmm. Um yeah. And the thing I care less about or anything is is the end of season record, assuming they don't make the playoffs. Like I don't I, I'm not gonna be fast. I just I probably won't even remember what the record is this time next year, <laughs> unless it's something farcical. I mean um, what I mean, what was it last year? <laughs> was it seven and ten? Uh that sounds about right. But yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so Sunday, uh, Julius Smith is a starting quarterback. Um, he started the first game in the NFL of week one game 
in the NFL for the first time since 2014, 13, which is a long, long time to stick around um, and still be in the league. But he's, he's going to get his chance. I mean, Ernst is tough for us probably to dissect because we haven't been at VMAC, we haven't been in the building, we haven't watched any of the preseason games. But like I said, there's... there's for, for me, I have no expectations. If, if I wake up on Tuesday morning and the Seahawks have lost and it's, I don't know, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 220 yards, and it's like, okay, sound, that's kind of what, that's like the benchmark of what I kind of expect. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird to have that at that position on this team isn't it? after the last, I mean, not even just the last decade. We've met Matt Hasselbeck was only two years removed, like 2010. He was here for, but this millennium, really, it's the first time this this franchise has had a quarterback um, with such little outside expectation. Yeah, I mean, Gino didn't lose the job in camp uh, and he didn't lose the job in, in these games um, because he looked after the ball, didn't do anything silly, uh, was sort of a check down Charlie um, which is everything Pete Carroll probably wants, but they didn't win a preseason game. Um, he didn't throw for a touchdown in through the three games that he featured in. Um, and yeah, whilst he probably is going to fit the idea of, you know, look after the ball and there's a mantra there that Pete Carroll is insistent on that he fits the bill for. I do fear that at some point, Gina Smith is going to have to make a play that's yeah. more than just a dump off. And there's not been much evidence yet to suggest that he can do that in his career, in his time in Seattle, even in preseason. I mean, he doesn't throw a touchdown in preseason in three games. That's You've got to do some serious twisting, I would suggest, to say that that's the ideal quarterback that we want. And so that there is a concern that, you know, if Russell Wilson is able to, you know, just take the air out of the room and put Denver in a 10-point lead... You know, it, it could be like a big kid holding a little kid by the forehead and, and just stopping him from landing any punches. That that, that That's the worry when you've got someone like Gina Smith, the quarterback, who isn't a guy who's going to be able to be particularly explosive. Yeah. Also, I think that was one of the bigger things for, like, Locke being the guy, is that as bad as the bad is, there is a chance of those, like, schoolyard plays coming out. Yeah. Not to proficiency of the quarterback uh, we had last season, but, like... Then coming out with Drew Lock, they're way more likely with Drew Lock than now with Gino Smith. But again, expect- expectations are low. Um, Richard Penny is the starting running back for the Seahawks. It's not a sen- sentence we expected to say this time last year, but he's he's got an opportunity with um, with Kenneth Walker's weird standing hernia. Um, I think Matty Brown was um, trying to explain what he. Uh, he knows it is or what it is or something on Twitter over the weekend, but he he's someone with a bit more expectation, especially with a high draft pick running back. You'd expect is going to be there by October, breathing down his neck. So it's he's got an opportunity, but the leash the leash is the leash is shorter with Penny than it is with Gino, isn't it? Firstly, having laughed at you having a microphone, I realised that mine wasn't even plugged in until just now. So now it is. So uh, hopefully the last 15 minutes recorded okay on, on my end. Um, I'm excited to see Rashad Penny play this game because it's actually the first game he's ever had as a Seahawk where he is the 
nominal guy. Mm. Um, even the back end of last year, he was playing for a contract and we didn't know what it was going to be like. He got a bit of money in the off season. He is the, I, I would imagine mm. even if Walker was hundred percent healthy, he'd be the starter. I would imagine. Mm. And, and, and at least sort of, have the same gap between Gino and Drew as roughly Penny and Walker. I mean, obviously you rotate the backs anyway, but, you know, if it's the last play of a game on the goal line, I think Penny's going to get get the ball before Walker would do at this stage, if, if that's how you can sort of say who the number one guy is. And so I'm interested to see how he can carry that because he's never had to play with expectation. And and now he does. But he, like, he's it's not the first thing on the team sheet, but at the position he is. I'm like... Even when he had that run at the back end of the season, he was playing because everybody else was injured. Yeah. <clears throat> like, just not just Carson, everybody was injured. I mean, that's why he got his opportunity. It's the first time he's been the, yeah, as you said, the first the first to call. I, I, I do think the gap is shorter between him and Walker, but at the same time, like, cause I think it is a shorter leash when Walker's healthy because of just everything Walker can bring. I, I know. Um, Nick, one of our patrons is a uh, shout out Nick Wright. He's a uh, Michigan State fan, and I think he was as hyped as anyone when they took him. And he's yeah, he's he's going to be the guy going forward. But Rashad Penny has this month with DJ Dallas and uh, Travis Homer behind him to just kind of really prove himself that he one he can stay healthy, but two that December twenty twenty one wasn't um, wasn't just lightning in a bottle. And it is something that he can bring and maybe even not in Seattle in 2023 but yeah he's he like, I think he is someone I'm looking forward to watching this season but yeah it's the, the leash is going to be short once um, Walker gets back out on um to the field um I mean, even like something stupid like people will have drafted him in fantasy probably the first time in his career <laughs> yeah probably Do you know I, what I mean I don't think he was drafted in our league I can't he may have been really late but um but yeah, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Like he's I mean, he's he's doing media on Tuesday. Uh, what day are we? Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoons in VMAC. Like mm. didn't really do that until mid December um, last year. But uh, yeah, um, the wide receivers obviously are probably the most assured part of the Seahawks offense. Quite comfortably, DK is obviously. Uh, a much richer man, Tyler Lockett, is the offensive team captain for 2022. Um, but like, th- how assured that is, it's, it is going to be kind of interesting what they can kind of put up and how they, particularly DK, who's obviously getting some weird amount of criticism of how he acted at periods last year, but he's also spoke about that, especially in the early part of the offseason, about how he, like, he kind of like grew up and matured and took... He's taking on more responsibility of like his actions and everything else, but it is going to be interesting that kind of dynamic, isn't it? <clears throat> because now DK is equally compensated to Tyler. He's he's not it's one one A, not Tyler like it's WR one kind of thing. But that dynamic is going to be interesting to watch in on its own, but also with whatever happens at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, let's say every two out of five plays is going to be a pass in Seattle. <clears throat> Are they going to be force feeding it to DK because of the money? Is Tyler still going to be open as he was? Or was he open because he knew what Russell was going to do as opposed to knowing what Gino's going to do? I think Lockett's ceiling and floor 
maybe not ceiling, his ceiling with Russ is on another level, but his floor may have dropped much lower than anyone else in the team, potentially. I'm not saying that it will do, but he might end up being a guy that they just don't know how to use anymore because he's lost the guy he had such synergy with. Mm. Um, maybe he's quarterback proof and he can find that with anyone. I, my hunch would be that DK is going to be the guy that, that comes across like that more than, than Tyler. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with that. But also the, the interesting part is like a big part of this offense has been that deep ball deal with Russ over the last few years. And that may not that's gonna be the biggest thing to like if that gets replaced, who is the guy if that doesn't if that carries on, I mean, who is the guy that Gino, as you say, gets the ball down to. Um behind them though, there seems to be a lot of again, yet again, um, a year after OBJ wasn't signed, um, the wide receiver three position seems to be kind of in flux, like constantly in flux, while the entire league kind of attacks it and addresses it. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks offensive staff kind of just get by with bodies and names. Marquis Goodwin's been around the league for a while, has had a couple of years where he's been injured. And some off-field stuff, obviously, but um, you got the Eskridge, who is is kind of like already in the Rashad Penny kind of avenue of things, and he just can't cannot seem to stay healthy for four or five days at a time, which is frustrating when you're such a high pick. And as I say, the depth at the position that he could really just make his own is so tenuous and thin. Yeah, I think that position maybe more than any is where wasting of draft capital over the past few years has probably shown up the most because a they've not had much that they you know they've not many free picks they could just invest in a wide receiver because of the other holes they've had to fill and then on the one time they did do it with Eskridge it just hasn't worked out at all yet um and you know you don't want to speculate on someone's career but you wonder if maybe you know he got clocked on on day one and that he might never never be as good as he was before that hit. Uh, I guess we'll yeah. have to see. But um, it, yeah, I mean they're really understaffed in that position. And, and yeah, everyone talks about you know DK and Tyler. Well, imagine if one of them gets injured. <laughs> yeah. I mean OBJ is still a free agent. Yeah, you could try that again. Yeah, give it a go. Don't have the ego yeah. at quarterback anymore. Um, yeah, but, but, but with Estridge, though, like we were there in December, and like he scored the touchdown. I think as Andy Robinson messaged me that day, like. Adrian Peterson, D. Eskridge, and uh, Travis Homer. That's like a trio <laughs> of... And like, but Eskridge looked like he had a bit of pop to him. Like He looked different to the other guys catching balls that weren't DK or Tyler that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something there, but yeah, that injury last year and the kind of like niggles he's got through in the offseason is a concern. And yeah, the Rashad Penny. But they kept CJ Procise here for <laughs> three or four years and he did even less... Um, than Rashad did up until last December and he's stuck around for all of his rookie contract I think yeah it must have been there or thereabouts uh, yeah and then the airline Adam uh, we talked about the two rookies the centre is Austin Blythe who who knows what that could be again like after one receiver three that's the position they're kind of like just kind of just put a bit of plaster over it they? and they just kind of not even really gone by because it got by on it because it's been a struggle and then the guards it's like that kind of feels like 
a question mark again on this team because like it's the rookies, it's Gabe Jackson who hasn't seemed to have done much during the offseason. Mm-hmm. And you got Damian Lewis and Austin Blythe have said uh, a left and centre, I think. Um, but yeah, like this, it, it's just again, it's a question mark unit, isn't it? Yeah, Austin Blythe seems like the kind of guy that's taken triple bogey out of play. Uh, he, you know, he's not he's not going to be an unmitigated disaster um, like some of the you know revolving doors they've had in the position over the past three or four years. Um, so yeah, it sounds like he's going to take the absolute catastrophe plays out out of contention, but perhaps not too too much more than that. I mean, there's talk of Damian Lewis being moved again. Why they couldn't just stick with him in the position that he was drafted at and looked good at, I don't know, because now he kind of looks like a middling journeyman when he looked like, I think, two years ago, we would have thought, you know, this guy's got really got something about him. Um, or maybe a year and a half, because this is going to his third year now, isn't he? Um, and yeah, the rookie tackles, are gonna, yeah, they're going to make mistakes because that's what rookie tackles do. And to expect anything else would be foolish, I would have thought. Yeah, and they're coming from teams that threw the ball a lot and... Probably not going to see that um, percentage slanted to passing uh, this year. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a work in progress. But like I said, if the two tackles are still starting and still in question starters, really, in 18, 19 weeks, then it's that's 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 a net positive for the Seahawks moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I mean, Bobby Wagner's not there anymore and there's not a lot at linebacker. That is quite comfortably the the concern because you talked about what comes after if Tyler or DK get injured. I mean, if Jordan Brooks gets injured, like what on earth do we do there? Uh, oh, there's no answer. I mean, unless like Jamal Adams becomes an orthodox and some middle linebacker <laughs> and Ryan Neal becomes a safety, fuck knows, honestly. <laughs> I mean, because it's literally, I think there's four, three middle linebackers listed. Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton, and Nick Bullock. Yeah. And I, that's not, that's not, that's not deep. Like, yeah, it's not deep. Like, I, it's, it's, I don't, yeah, it's, that is easily the biggest defensive concern because everywhere else kind of seems, has question marks, obviously with the rookies at corner. We got Jamal and Quandre back there at safety. The D line kind of seems as is with obviously Boye Mafia at the end. Daryl Taylor's got another year uh, under his legs. You got Al Woods, Puna Ford. Um, yeah, but look, middle linebacker is like that's that's one mistress tackle or one one cut block, and like we, it's just yeah, it's, knackered. Yeah, it's completely bot. Um, but yeah, but like defensively, kind of, it's strangely like I don't know. There's like a weird vibe around the defense. It kind of doesn't feel like it's got the biggest. It's gonna have a bigger swing and miss as the offense could have. If that makes sense. But if, yeah, if, I mean, there's probably quite a few people expecting the Seahawks to be a top ten defense. Yeah. Um, which, if it all goes to plan. It could well be, uh, but also if everything goes as you'd expect it to, it could easily very much not be. Um, I don't think they still had one player in the NFL top 100, did they? Maybe just Jamal Adams? 
think it's just Quandre. Quandre, that's the one. Um, yeah, because so, Tyler and DK won't. Yeah, so uh, like obviously it's a bit of a sham system, but what it does say to you is that there's no one really on the Seahawks roster that other NFL players are thinking about as like, wow, that guy is a star. Yeah. And it's a pretty much star-driven league now. So again, it's zigging whilst the league zags. Will it work? Let's see. Mm-hmm. And all I'd ask is that there's accountability at the end of the season if it does or doesn't work. Yeah, but all, at the same time, there is like levels to how it, if it just doesn't work, right? Because yeah. expectations are low. Well, they are on this Zoom call, I think. So it's kind of like, yeah, where the watermark passes those expectations. Um, but yeah, uh, any thoughts for this week or this season? I think that's pretty much anything, everything, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice little preview. And then we get into the meat of it from, from next week with bins and all that. Not there's nothing really to bin when nothing really happens, but um, well, there's always something to bin with the NFL. That is true. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if you've seen the Ed Orgron clip talking up that when he was told he was going to get seventeen million dollars, he asked, "What door you want me to leave out of?" No, I haven't seen that yet. I mean, it's it's quite a quote. It's quite a weird. Like, yeah, I don't know. This, it, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. But yeah, he said there. And Alice, you told him he's getting $17.2 million for being fired. He goes, how would you want me to leave him from which door? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, there's, there's always something in the foul. Um, anything else you're going to be watching out for on Thursday night, Sunday night, before the Seahawks? Gonna be work, I'm going to be working quite a lot uh, this weekend, so I'm probably not going to get to sit down really until Sunday evening, uh, until Monday evening probably kicks off. So I have to catch up on, on all the Sunday games, but Interesting to see how Tom Brady starts because yeah, he has really courted controversy and brought it on himself. Really, this this off season, um, I've never to- I've I've never heard him talk how he's talked over the last month. Yeah, he's talking almost like he, in the same way. It's like he's back in the NFL in the same reason that Mickelson's over at Live. Like he's got these massive debts that he has to pay off or something because he doesn't really seem like he's that invested, does he? No, I mean but, uh, the, the comparison I was going to make is when Tiger was come back um, from his car accident. He kind of just seems to be, but without the appreciation for it, it's it's really strange. Like his face is strange to look at, but that's a different mm. um, podcast entirely. But, um, but yeah, like it's it's for, yeah he like Tiger was Michael Jordan. He kind of seemed to have lost a little, a small percentage of that kind of. Aura, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure, but yeah. Like if, if I was a Buccaneers fan, they would be, are you all right? You, you good? Like like when um, whenever they crashed in Corinthians, you'd be like, hey, you alive? Kind of thing. It's like, kind of <laughs> thank you, you're dead. Thank you. Yes, thank you, you're dead. That's it. The name of his name. Um, yeah. Uh, like obviously, we got Deshaun. Yeah. And Baker. Um, what's the other one? Is there another one where there's a player going back somewhere? Have I made that up? Well, I mean, I presume you've, we've not really spoken about Russell coming back that much, but obviously that is the main one. Yeah, yeah, I don't really want to talk about no. the opposing quarterback because you got Bill. Well, Bills, Rams, Von Miller going back, but I presume you mean quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, because Von Miller was there for like a month and won the Super Bowl and then cashed <laughs> in. Um, yeah, like the, the the Baker thing in Carolina is going to be interesting because 
he has got so much less to prove than his coach and GM and owner, really, because mm. they have, yeah, they're like a swan. They're kind of just like gliding by, but they are going at it under the water kind of thing. They are. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be good because he's, he's, he is quite good. He's just his body fell apart in Cleveland. And as we've been shown over the last seven, eight months, uh, Cleveland And then they massively hang him out to dry. Yeah, and then Cleveland's is a trash sports franchise, which our new Prime Minister apparently is a fan of, which <laughs> fit probably more than uh, yeah, uh, probably should. Um, yeah, like it, it, I think I think it's gonna be a weird season. I don't know why. I think it's gonna be. I think NFC is gonna be a weird season. To put it that way, because mm-hmm. Stafford seems to just be there's someone off there that elbow injury he's got. McVeigh's kind of. I don't know, very like chemical alley about it. And I also got the Brady stuff. Rogers, I mean, how often is he going to be on Rogan during the season? <laughs> um, it does feel like there's a big undercurrent of unrest brewing in the NFL. Like, yeah. I don't know if player safety and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I feel like there might be something quite dramatic that happens injury wise that causes some serious discussion. That's quite a morbid thought, but I, I don't know. There's just something about yeah, like, it. That... Like 17 minutes into Final Destination, huh? Wouldn't know, but I'm okay. going to assume the answer is yes to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, they're just... They're, uh, NFC particularly seems to be a really strange vibe. I don't know why. Like, it's just... Everything the recall of thing, well, that seems a bit weird. That seems a weird thing to say. But in the AFC, you've got... Um, Herbert, you got Mahomes, you got Allen, you got uh, Burrow, just going about their business. And the NFC is kind of like we got old man, <laughs> but but yeah, um, yeah, I think that's everything. Um, prediction for Monday, I think it's going to come down to a play. And whilst this whole game does feel like a you know, a high school or college football Disney film with like, you know, the bad guys coming to town and the, the scrappy plucky good guys pulling one out at the last minute. I just wonder if it'll prove one step too far again for Gino. And instead of winning 20 to 24, we'll lose 20 to 17. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't, I'll, I'll be really surprised if it's a Broncos blowout mm-hmm. because of who, like it may be giving him way too much credit, but it's 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 a Pete Carroll defense. He knows, like he said yesterday, I think he knows what this quarterback can do, and obviously this quarterback knows what they're going to do. But I think he's kind of, I don't know. I think yeah, I, I think it's gonna be close. I do think the Seahawks. Are, I, I think the Seahawks gonna lose, but if they can win one game all season, <laughs> if, yeah. if 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 they go one seventeen and this is the only one they win. I'm, I'm fine with that. And if you go into the game and you listen to this, boo. Absolutely. Boo. Don't applaud him because there's probably going to be a tribute video or some nonsense, but just boo him. Like he, yeah, I, I wrote a, a brief thing earlier because I wanted to get someone out. Cause, Great piece. Like he, he didn't want to be, he, he, it's very likely if you, as you, the aforementioned from before, um, truth serum. He didn't want to be here last year. 
Mm. He, like, he definitely didn't want to be here this year, as much as Schneider and Jalen and, and Pete maybe didn't want him here this year. But don't 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 do the flower giving. Like, I think our guy Mike Rocchio, the A Rod comparison is perfect. I think. Yeah. Because yeah, he's just yeah, boo him, please boo him. I, 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 I did mention on uh, on Rob's podcast last night that this uh, this is kind of the, the hubris bowl, this game, <laughs> because uh, you've got in two guys, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, you know, 71 and 33 years of age. I think that both of them give or take a year. Both of them probably looking at the next two years of their career as like, I need to win now or it's probably not going to happen. And due to both of their immense level of hubris, Pete Carroll is going to trot out Geno Smith in ultimately the start of a rebuild, whoever wants to call it. It is a rebuild because that's what happens when you trade your quarterback. And Russell Wilson's found himself plonked in the, maybe the toughest division we've seen for half a decade um, in a tougher conference. Yeah. Uh, and it's not beyond the runs of possibility that both teams could come forth in their division. When if the two of them had stuck together and, and buried the hatchet or whatever, the Seahawks might have been a Super Bowl contender this year. And it's, it's just crazy how... Uh, hubris can take hold so much with, with two guys and then the, you know that competitive net nature in sport that makes everyone thinks they're the best and they're God's gift to the world um, and look we're not going to know in two, in two three years time what, what who's who's won in, in this scenario but both of them come across as, as losing out at this point as far as I can see yeah definitely even though um, the quarterback got all that money like that's one reason he's not here anymore there's no way this team the 70 year old head coach and uh, should we say a fidgety owner was going to give him that much money. So, um, but yeah, like ironic in, because the coach shouldn't have given a, a shit about the money because he won't be here when it really hits the fan. Yeah, I guess. But I, but I, I, I just don't want to say that. Yeah, there's no way. There <laughs> is no way Seattle Seahawks were giving him that money, that much money, especially this now like they want to give it in before this season I think because because yeah like yeah he's got some questions to answer I think and it's yeah, yeah I think that's going to be one of the interesting things on Monday and also like when when we went to the Giants game of what six years ago now probably yeah five, five years ago five, five years, years ago um, and I pointed out the Paul Richardson bomb which then happened that's going to be the first play he is hearing this <laughs> at Jamal at Quandre he's heaving it However far, he's heaving it deep. He's going for the kill shot early. Yeah. You'd expect. 100%. 100%. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and after, after this week, um, the, Russell Wilson is going to be like the Germans in Dunkirk, the film. They're not going to be mentioned. Yeah. Not going to be mentioned. Not mentioned. Um, uh, see if I'll be sick to that. And Gina Smith is 0-4 and 1-17 and and um, with TD interceptions ratio. Uh, yeah, if you're getting involved with the podcast, you can or use your means and methods. Quite cool to see a few people made it up to Leeds over the weekend for uh, at the first national meet for a few years like up, up north. So that's quite cool to see. Um, yeah, Patreon, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Pedestrian Podcasts on all of them rate review five star if that's still applicable <laughs> not too sure we're one way into this and uh, I'll see you in about um, 
19 hours, 18 yeah. hours. Yeah, Don Antonio's tricky lily whites entering Champions League stages yet again, and Stuart Court will be there. Lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah, going to see uh, Matteo Grindosi and. <laughs> Uh, and also, I saw the I saw the Spurs tweet, and they have packed a uh, white coat for tomorrow. So. Well done, yeah, man. Well done indeed. Getting fully integrated. Yeah, first time league game because obviously my team have decided this this season they're going to go in the opposite direction to <laughs> how it all looked for the last few years. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, see you tomorrow. So next time, this has been the Pedestrian Podcast, and boo the hell out of him on Monday night. Go Hawks. Boo.